You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. It's, it's good to see you. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, so, I'm frankly, frankly, I'm surprised to see so many of you here this morning with such a late night watching football. There's, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, today is Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the Christian year. It's the year in which we celebrate that God is in charge of the story, and that story will have an ending. And, uh, spoiler alert, a good ending uh, to the story. So our scripture lesson today comes from Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. It'll be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia... Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I almost can't read this scripture without singing it, right? Who was and is and is to come. Thank you, Tracy, uh, for that. That's, now I hear, what, what an honor, right? Now I hear your voice as I'm reading scripture. I'm like, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so, um, yesterday, well, some call it Thanksgiving. We call it the Grand South Louisiana Tour. So, yesterday we went from Baton Rouge... Uh, for round one of Thanksgiving, which was on Thursday. Uh, and then we drove to Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And you have to say Ocean Springs, Mississippi, for round two of Thanksgiving uh, with my mother's side of the family. And then we drove all the way back to Bossier uh, all in one day. So long day, long day in the minivan. Uh, so when we got home, we were tired, we were exhausted. We finally put uh, everybody to bed. And I was sitting on the couch with Christy. I said, oh, oh, I forgot. The LSU game is on tonight. So, I turned it on, and we were behind. I say we, just give me a moment, right? So, excuse me, LSU was behind, and then uh, it was tied, and then LSU was ahead, and then I was tired, right? So, we intercepted the ball with 26 seconds left on the clock. So, I said, got that one in the bag, click, and then I went to bed. Yeah. So, I woke up this morning. Woke up this morning with my mind, and it was stayed, stayed on Jesus. But I was curious of uh, how LSU was going to move up in the ranks, you know. So I looked at it, so okay, um, they're number seven, right? So I checked who was one through six. So, okay, Alabama won, shocker, glad we're all sitting down for that. Alabama won, uh, number two, so Clemson won, right? Uh, number three won, uh, oh, oh, Ohio State beat Michigan, so number four lost, this is looking good. Number five, number six, number seven, LSU. 
Wait, what? It says 72 to 74 A&M. And I thought, literally, I thought there was a glitch. I thought it was a basketball score. So I refreshed the page. And it came back up. LSU 72, Texas A&M 74. What? Bizarro universe is this? What happened? So I, I started scrolling and I read an article. I'm like, what happened in this game? So just, I can't, I really can't, I can't put it into words. So let me give you some pictures. Uh, this is my spiritual journey yesterday. So it started with, yeah, all right, LSU's ahead. We just intercepted the ball, 20 seconds left. Click, I wake up in the morning and I pull it up. Oh, that's, that's an interesting development. And then it moved to, uh, are you kidding? I'm not, I'm not believing what I'm seeing. And then finally, the last state uh, of grief is just, it falls, <laughs> falls apart. Um, all of those pictures, by the way, were taken yesterday uh, at Thanksgiving uh, uh, with Robert. But it perfectly expressed kind of how I was feeling when I woke up this morning. It was certainly a surprise ending. Wouldn't have guessed it at all. Um, uh, the end of the game, 72 to 74. That's more points than the basketball teams have scored in the last couple meetings uh, together. Uh, surprise ending. Here we get to Revelation, kind of a surprise ending uh, as well. Um, some say that Revelation is written to a community in the past to get them through suffering from the Roman Empire. Others say the Revelation was written in order to point us to the future of the way that God is going to wrap up the story. Both of those are somewhat true, and both of those miss a little bit of something. But here we have a bit of a surprise ending. Sorry, that was a wasp, I think, that just flew by me. So this might get fun real quick. So um, we're talking about Revelation. Um, almost everything we need to know about our relationship with God, John of Patmos, who uh, pinned Revelation uh, uh, in Greece, gives us almost everything we need to know about our relationship with God. This is what he says in the beginning. Grace to you and peace from him who is who was, and who is to come. A God who is, who was, and who is to come. Um, uh, sorry, that was a feather. I don't know what you're... I'm, I am totally sober right now. Uh, <laughs> there's things like flying at me. Check the coffee. So, it's important to notice um, the order in which John writes this. He begins with... We worship a God who is. And that's good news. Because it reveals to us that God always is with us. We are not abandoned. We will never be let go. I love when you read scripture and it's in the present tense. Because when you read scripture in the present tense, even thousands of years from now, it will be a lived reality. It will always be a present reality. So for example, uh, act surprised when you hear this in a couple weeks. Uh, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, when the angels appear, most of Luke chapter 2 is written in the past tense. In the days of Caesar Augustus, they went here and they did that. But when the angels appear, the angels' announcement is in the present tense. To you is born this day in the city of David, Jesus, who is Messiah. In other words, no matter when you read that, it will be a present Reality. Sometimes I push back. We get into like bozo arguments during Christmas. Like, oh no, Starbucks has a funny colored cup and like I have to be all mad and stuff. Or like someone says happy holidays to you and you ought to get offended. Like just say thank you. Like that's a really great response. If someone says happy holidays to you. Thank you so much. Same to you. 
Some folks like, you shouldn't ever play Christmas songs before Christmas. You have to play Advent songs before Christmas. By the way, do you know the Advent catalog? Pretty sparse. So you can't play Christmas? When you read the story, that is a present reality. Christ is born this day. The world could do some good if we read that as a present reality every day. To you is born this day in the city of David, Christ who is the Messiah. Welcoming Christ into our life every day. That's a good place to start. Which means you can sing O Holy Night in July. I'm not going to get mad at you. We worship a God who is. Which means that it's always a present reality. We will never be orphaned. We will never be let go. But he continues and he says, God is also a God that was. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was. The good news of God being the God of our was means that forgiveness is possible. Means that our past is not the past to God. God can look into our past and redeem it and forgive it and reconcile it. God is the God of our was as well, which means forgiveness is possible. Redemption is possible. We are not going to be left alone. When Jesus appeared to Thomas, I love this, when Jesus was, uh, the resurrected Lord appeared to Thomas, Jesus had wounds, yet they were healed. The wounds were there, but they were healed. Forgiveness is not forget. Forgiveness means wholeness and healing. It doesn't mean forget. Our past is not forgotten. The good news is it's redeemed and forgiven. God is the God of our was as well. Which means no matter how long ago, God can redeem it and forgive it. It's kind of like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, which will be on the screens for you. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which you are being saved. Notice that Paul recognizes this as well. You in turn received, past tense, in which you stand, present tense, and through which you are being saved. Future tense. Salvation is a process. A Christian bumper sticker is not salvation begins tomorrow. Salvation begins today. Salvation isn't completed today. It says salvation begins today. It's a process. Through the sanctifying grace of God, we walk with God. We walk with God into what John Wesley would call Christian perfection. Which means that sin no longer has a hold on us. It's good news that God is the God who is. It's good news that God is the God of our was. But God is also the God of our future. As John says in Revelation, grace and peace to you from who, he who is, who was, and who is to come. The God of our future. Which means, which means that God's promises uh, can be trusted. God can be trusted. What God promises to do, God will accomplish. It's kind of like this. So several years ago, <laughs> several years ago, when we were still learning the ropes as, parent, as parents, um, which we'll figure out 40 years from now, I don't know. When are you supposed to figure out, like, when are you done? Like, I've, I've now figured out parenthood. Um, anyone? Good, silence, thank you. So um, we were young as parents. Uh, Cecilia, I think, was like three months old. Um, and 
Isabel and Annalie had competing Thanksgiving programs. Look, in the month of November and December, and then also in the month of May, pray for parents all over the planet, because life just gets nuts. Gets nuts. So we had two dueling Thanksgiving programs. So I remember talking to Isabel, who was, uh, I think, five years old. Uh, and at the time, Isabel very much cared about the schedule. What's the schedule? What are we doing? Where are we going? When are we going to the park? When are we leaving the park? And woe be unto anyone who changes the schedule. So I remember, I said, Isabel, come here. I said, look, um, mommy's going to have Cecilia. I'm going to go to Annalise's program first. And then I'll be to your school at around 11 o'clock. She said, okay. So I went to Annalise's program. She was about two and a half. So she stood there and did nothing. You know, super, right? Made this grand uh, uh, bargain with my family and Annalise just stands there. But she saw me. We waved. It's good. Mark it, right? Check it, mark it. So I left that and I hoofed it over to Isabel's school. And when I, got to, when I got to her school, I had three teachers approach me. Now, how many of you are teachers, uh, active or retired? All right, you'll, you'll get this. When I got to school, I had three teachers come up to me and say, Mr. Rawl, Isabel is going to be so happy to see you. That's coded language, right? That, that's coded language for, it's been a really long day with your daughter. Because <laughs> she didn't think you were going to be here. So, Mr. Rawl, Isabel is going to be so happy to see that you're here. So I got there, and I saw Isabel on the playground, and uh, her, her ponytail was disheveled. She had been crying. You know, dirt was smudged on her face. I said, Izzy, baby, I told you I was going to be here at 11 o'clock, and it's 10.57. Pat myself on the back. I made it. I told you I was going to be here. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be here. You know. Oh, don't, don't. She's totally fine. So I got there. I said, babe, I, I'm going to be here. I told you I was going to be here. I was going to be here. That's the good news. So God is, is a God of, of, of our to be, our will, our future. And this is good news. And it's because God's promises can be trusted. God's going to do what God promises to do. What is that promise? What is it that God promises to do? This is also what John writes. Uh, and I think it's on the screen. It says, to him, yeah, good. Uh, to him who loves us, notice the tense. And I gave you, I put it in bold and I italicized the language so you can see it. To him who loves us, that's the God of our is, and freed us from sin, the God of our was, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving God, God of our future. God is the cultivator. God is the curator of our hopes and our dreams and our visions if we're willing to trust him. And God calls us with a particular purpose. God calls us, made us to be a kingdom, priests serving God. God has called us to be servants in the world. I love when folks ask me, what is God's purpose for my life? Uh, to love God and love your neighbor. That's, that's our purpose. Let's start there. God has ordained us to be servants in the world. God is which means we are never going to be abandoned or left alone. God was, which means our past can be redeemed. We can be forgiven. We can be reconciled. And a God of our future, the one who curates our dreams, cultivates our hopes, therein is our assurance. 
Therein is our assurance. Spoiler alert, that's how the story ends. Is being with God. God who is and was and will be. But then there's a surprise twist at the end. (laughs) There's a surprise twist at the end of Revelation. Revelation 21 goes like this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I'm going to let that theologically hang for just a minute. I saw a new heaven. The old heaven had passed away. Not even the heaven we see glimpses of now is eternal. God will bring in a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. That doesn't mean that it's going to be a desert. The sea is a symbol of chaos. God will crucify the chaos. The sea will be no more. And I saw the holy city, holy, 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 right? I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a bride adorned for her husband, right? There you go. The couple is going to get married this weekend. So just there you go. Just the little vision of of, uh, heaven there. Uh, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. Listen to that definitive language. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things, the first things have have passed away. So now you know the ending of the story on the last Sunday of the year. I hope knowing the ending of the story doesn't spoil it for you. To know that our God always is. That there's nothing in your past that can't be forgiven. That our God is also the curator of our dreams for our future. Now soon we're going to have the blessing of telling the whole story all over again. Starting next Sunday with the first Sunday of Advent. When we open things up with, Come thou long-expected Jesus. And I hope that that story will be renewed in your life, in the life of your friends and family, also the life of your enemy, so that we might all know the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.